day 142. Welcome back to the Windows and Mirrors podcast. My name is Keith. And I'm John. And remember, this is a podcast where we're trying to show you that the Bible is more like a window than it is a mirror. We come to it to see through it and to see God, not to it to primarily look at it and see ourselves. I'm super excited today because this is my favorite section right. in the First Kings narrative. Now, First Kings 17, hear me, to Second Kings 8. Yeah. Is a book within a book. Right. You have the Elijah and Elisha narrative that is going to interrupt right. the narrative about the kings. Right. And Bruce Walkie, you know, a renowned Old Testament scholar, says the book of first and second kings is just a mu- just as much about the prophets as it is about the kings. This is where the prophets are introduced. They it's come the on the scene. Beginning of them being raised up. Yeah, gang, gang. Gang, gang. <laughs> we on the scene, baby. And what you really realize too in first and second kings. It's this 400-year history, 400-something-year year history. Elijah and Elisha are not writing prophets. Right. Right? Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel are. But guess what? They're prophesying during the same time, mostly right. prophets in the 12 too. During this time, they're just not mentioned in this text. Right, right, right. right? So you have to keep all that in mind. Yeah. Anyway, Baal worship is in town. Yep. Elijah's on the scene. Right. Elijah's name means right. my God is Yahweh. Yeah. So he, he, ain't, he bought that smoke. Yeah. <laughs> so the Lord uh, raises up this cat, Elijah. And he comes on the scene and, um, you know, his name is, uh, my God is uh, Yahweh. And, uh, man, he he steps on the scene, bro, with a vengeance. And uh, he declares a drought. Yeah. He declares a famine. Now, yep. a famine, it's just so cl- crazy, is a curse from Deuteronomy 28. Right. The curses are being poured out on the people of God. He declares a famine and then he goes to this widow. Right. So you're going to see this kind of like juxtaposition of this faithfulness of this widow, bro. Yeah. She's going to obey the prophetic word. Right. And it's going to be paired with Ahab, who hates the prophetic word. Right. So you see, listen, your obedience to God has nothing to do with your status in society. Right. Right. The powerless here yeah. are going to be the examples of faith. Right. And I love that. Yeah. Because that goes against and flies against what we think. We tend to think faithfulness to God and intimacy with God and closeness with God has to do with my position in society, right. the people on TV, all that. No, it's the powerless, the unseen, the people behind the scenes who are faithful. And this is what I love. In this chapter, you see uh, you see God sending famine to yep. a full land. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you see God bringing fullness to a famished family Facts. in the middle of famine. Facts. And people eat based on God's word and nobody else's. Yeah. Famine and fullness are based on God's word and nobody else's. And the prophets come in and Elijah shows this that it's like, no, listen, regardless of if your land is full, mm. God can cut the water off quick. He cut that water off. Listen, regardless of if you live in a deserted land, mm. God can bring an oasis there. The determinative, um, yeah, stimulus mm. is God's word, nothing else, nothing more. And so this is where our um, desire, our like unction, our ambition, our devotion mm. has to be to remaining as close as we can to God's word. And God is different. This is why I love the Bible. Right. If you pay careful attention, and you have to study to notice, but it's like, check it. He declares a famine. So guess what? He leaves the promised land and goes to Zarephath. Right. Or not the promised land. He leaves that area and goes to Zarephath, and the widow provides from there. Now, in that region, yeah. Baal was the was the deity. Right. Baal was the storm god. He was the god of fertility. He right. was the one who 
brought rain and crops and all that. So God's like, let me, let me, let me stop this Baalism real quick. Right. I'm gonna declare a famine and show you I'm the real God. Right. And then on top of that, he goes to Zarephath. He goes to Baal country. He's behind enemy lines. Right. And God is providing life behind enemy lines that Baal couldn't provide. Yeah. Then it's like, yo, Baal's the, the sustainer and provider of life. God says, no, no, I'm going to bring life out of death. Uh. Right. So her son dies uh. and Elijah brings him back to life. Uh. So God shows that, like, I'm the one true God. He is... He is attacking Baalism, bro. It's like theological, like heart. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, man, you just see that, and then you see God's compassion for the foreigner and for the widow. You know, um, just the Lord like working uh, in this moment. But you see, yeah, the juxtaposition, and yeah. then, and then, yeah. First Kings eighteen, 18. we see God being the great vindicator of His oh yeah prophet, right? Come, yo. Um, uh, imagine this, bro. First Kings eighteen, eighteen. Right. Or first Kings eighteen seventeen. The prophets are calling out Israel for their wrongdoing. They're saying, No, no, listen, y'all. Things are this way because we've done wrong. Eighteen seventeen. When Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, Is that you the one ruining Israel? Mm. Imagine this. The people who are pointing out the problems are being blamed as if they are the ones causing the problems. And that hasn't changed till this yeah, yeah, day that mm. we're in right now. And what God's going to do is God's going to be the great vindicator of his prophet. Mm. God is going to continually, especially at Mount Carmel, right? God is going to give every advantage to the prophets there and take away every advantage from his folks to show that we never need to fear being the minority or the mm. underdog when it comes to serving God yes, because one. God is the great vindicator of his people. God loves to have the card stacked against them so that when he comes mm. through, people see that, oh, no, no, no he's, he's different. Yep, and it's amazing. Um, <clears throat> you know, four hundred and fifty prophets of Baal, and you got that one, one Elijah there. Just yep. you know, the eyes seem to be stacked against them. But it's like, who is king of the mountain? You know, in that time, uh, Asherah and Baal, these pagan gods, were worshipped at the mountains, yep. right? So you're seeing like, who is the god of the mountain? Uh, Mount Eden, right? Eden was on a mountain. The Bible will tell us that. Uh, Mount Sinai was a mountain where God revealed Himself in His presence. And last time in Eden, you know, Satan technically. Yeah. Because of the unfaithfulness of people won the battle of the mountain. And so you see the Lord coming here saying like, no, I am the God of the mountain. Fire comes down just like it did in the tabernacle and in the, the priestly ministry. The Lord's presence comes down. And uh, you just see the, the faith and the confidence in God that Elijah has here. And the people turn back. Right. And so you see, you know, the Canaanite who... Um, uh, made a profession of faith at the end, right? right? The the pagan makes a profession of faith at the end, and Ahab here just shows his hardness of heart and his idolatry. And uh, these false prophets at the end of uh, this chapter, bro, get wiped out, right, in right. line with <laughs> Deuteronomy as well. But after that, I like after the high, there there comes this low, right? Where Elijah is like, they want me dead now, right? And he's gonna say, I love how he said. He says, Lord, I was, I was zealous for you. Yo, God, do what being you asked me to do. Persecuted? Right. Right? So you see all of this here. But God always meets. He's in the wilderness, too. Yeah. God always meets and provides for his people in those moments. Right? Absolutely. And so you see the prophet being provided for here. Yeah. Even, like, the persecution doesn't come, um, you know, 
because he's being unfaithful, but because he's being faithful. Yeah, God feeds him, speaks gently to him, mm -hmm. and lets him know, no, 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 listen, you're not alone, right? Comfort is in reminding him that even though he feels alone, he's actually not alone. Mm -hmm. There's an overwhelming remnant who haven't bowed their knees to mm -hmm. Baal. And what I love is that the Lord Jesus picks this up in, in, in Matthew 5. He ascends on a mountain, mm -hmm. sits down, looks at people that are disadvantaged, mm. and he speaks these beatitudes, these words Blessings. of blessing. Yeah. And he ends and says this, yo, look, blessed are y'all when you were persecuted mm -hmm. for Christ's sake. Look, I don't want you to feel alone. If you're in this place, know that every other prophet has been here. And so, right, Elijah is on this mountain feeling isolated, persecuted, mm -hmm. and alone. And he hears on this mountain mm -hmm. from the voice of God saying, you're not alone. Your persecution is a sign. No, no, no. There's a bunch of people that are like this. The Lord Jesus yeah. looks at people persecuted. And once again, the voice of God comes from a mountain telling them that they're not alone. Yeah. Um, man, it's amazing um, because... I think that uh, regardless of the idolatry among God's people, the rampant idolatry amongst God's people, we always see the faithfulness of some of God's people. God right. always leaves a remnant, right? Then it was 7,000. Now we don't know how many, right? right? But I think we can be encouraged that the Lord always leaves a faithful few who have not bowed the knee to the, whatever the gods of the day right. are. And yeah, and then First Kings 19 showed us God's like control and sovereignty over the religious sphere. Yeah. He shows it over the political sphere in chapter 20, um, where we have the defeat of this Syrian army that God, you know, once again, is not this regional deity. Right. In those days, they thought of their gods as having... Um, you know, kind of reign over a jurisdiction. particular jurisdiction. I was trying not to, 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 to go use the big words, but yeah, yeah. Reign over a particular area. But gosh, I was like, no, no, no. Like I am the God of the universe. Yeah. My reign has knows no bounds, G. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, what, what I want to say is this again, why is all this taking place? Because God moves, check this out. He moves right. his history of redemption forward mm. with the word of his prophets. Amen. And he's trying to show that to the people of Israel right. here. His, how many times does the prophets have to do something miraculous right. for you to believe that this prophetic word is not something you should shun, but actually live according to. Amen. Yeah. yeah. Let's pray. God, we pray that you would remind us of the power of your word, God. Feast and famine, Lord. Famine and fullness are determined by your word and your word alone. Help us to stay close to it, especially in times when we feel isolated and distant uh, from you as a result of our faithfulness.